So, you guys know how in um, Psalms 16.11, it says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And in Proverbs 14.12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I just wanted to introduce you guys to the topic of this segment. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the next fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. So ponder on those two verses, which are Psalm 16, 11 and Proverbs 14, 12. You guys, it's mind blowing. In the meantime, while we ponder on that, let's get into prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another day, Lord. I thank you for the breath in our lungs. I thank you for keeping us and providing for us and making sure that no harm has come to us in all our days, O Lord God Almighty. I thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy. And I thank you that your path leads to everlasting joy in you and from you and with you. Lord, I just pray that as I continue to speak on this topic, Lord, as I flow, Lord, that you flow through me. Let your words be the words that I speak and let your thoughts be what I put out, Lord God Almighty. Let there be less of me and more of you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, you guys, welcome to Featuring the Fam podcast, and we are talking about joy. You know, while I was going through these verses, because it's more than just those two, but we're going to start with those two. And keep in mind, Proverbs 14, 12, in in the section of your Bible that talks about different verses relating to different things, Proverbs 14, 12 is not under the joy category. But we're going to dive into how it links, right? So Psalm 1611 says, You show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, when we want to think and talk about today's world, right? And mercy. All right, so there's the saying that says the road to heaven is narrow and, you know, the road to hell is broad and wide. You feel me? Um, I just wanted to link that to how we do things in today's society. The habits that aren't fulfilling now keep in mind the things that we do of the world in the world seem to be fulfilling for only a time being just to end up being detrimental in one way shape or form right but then aka the way of the flesh and when you're walking in the spirit like 
in the Bible it says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The things I will not to do are the things I do. And the things I will to do are the things I don't do. And it also says you can't please a man and you can't please God. Keep in mind, you can't please yourself and also please God. Because the things you do to bring you joy, to bring you happiness, to bring you peace, aren't things that are, like, they're not the source. Meaning that it runs out. You have to keep going back. You have to keep doing more. You feel me? But when it comes to Jesus, mercy, the ultimate source of all things, the source of joy, peace, love, grace, kindness, mercy, fulfillment, like he is the well that never runs dry. And he is the source of our strength. He is our strength. He is our joy. He is our love. He is our peace. He is everything, right? So now the way of the flesh, the way of the world is what I want you guys to look at Proverbs fourteen twelve four, because it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but is, but its end is the way of death. When you take a shot, you know, when you go out, you hang out with friends, you take a shot. You're having fun. One shot turns to three. You're still lit. You feel me? And then imagine in the case of someone who's one turned three, turned five, turned nine, turned the whole bottle. Now that person is dealing with alcoholism, right? And with that type of thing, there is no end to it, meaning that the end of it is literal death. If you don't go through recovery, if you don't see a problem with it, like you end up dead. Now... I don't know if I mentioned to you guys, I feel like I did in a previous episode, not the most previous, but like in one of our former episodes, I had mentioned a time that I got alcohol poisoning, or I probably talked about that while at my program. And I had stated that I had gotten alcohol poisoning at one point, right? And I kid you not. The way it started and the way it ended was literally beyond me. I started out that night talking talking smack, bro, talking heavy smack, saying things like, oh, I want to get so lit that I forget my own name, da 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 the standard third. And, you know, it seemed right to me because I was just having fun. Until I woke up at like 3, 4 a.m. In a hospital bed. With no recollection of anything else. Ha. Egg bummy. Hey, what? Now, mind you, 
like there were people around me so i did it i didn't wake up and i wasn't by myself you feel me praise god and i kid you guys not when i got back later on in the morning you know i had seen the dean and she was telling me what happened well i believe i had seen my ra first before i saw my dean and when i saw the dean um she had a video of what was like when i came back and she showed it to me and i literally couldn't believe it now if you don't know what alcohol poisoning is alcohol poisoning well it's in the name like alcohol poisoning but the way it was broken down to me was that my organs had absorbed the alcohol to a point that like i shouldn't have been breathing i like i shouldn't have been breathing i had drank i literally drank so much it made no sense and another thing i failed to do that day or that evening before i started was to eat so that just made it like that much more intense nonetheless though praise god he kept me through and he brought me up like mercy and you know the funniest thing is it didn't stop there well i mean i didn't do it for a while after that and then one day one beautiful afternoon i decided i was going to go out and buy some now or at least find a way to acquire it because I couldn't walk into a liquor store. And lo and behold, I had some at the crib, which, you know, I took a couple shots and then I headed out. Now, on my way back, I ended up in a car crash, in a car accident. And the way that happened, it wasn't because I was under the influence. You know, there was another variable at play besides that because I was bare, like literally probably about 0.2 miles away from my driveway. Nonetheless, though, the way this crash happened was that I turned the wheel and in, in order to avoid an oncoming vehicle. So as I turned the wheel with such quickness, I crashed into a mini tree that was planted in the yard of some person's house. So had it not been for that tree that was right there, I would have crashed into the side of their house. Glory be to God. And y'all, when I tell you, the airbags went off and I couldn't get out of the car. Nonetheless, though, while all that was happening, I was still telling the people because they were calling an ambulance to 911. And I was telling the people, I was like, hey, like, you know, don't worry about it. Just leave it alone. You know, I'm right there. Like, I'm just going to go home. And they were like, you can't even get out of the car. And we already called them and they're on the way. So with that in mind, I just had to sit there. And as I sat there, you know, I was 
I don't even know what was happening. But when they showed up, they got me out of the car, put me in the ambulance. While I was in the ambulance, I'm pretty sure I had a panic attack or something because all of a sudden I was hyperventilating like really, really bad. I couldn't breathe and it was just a lot going on, right? And then I passed out. And then I woke, when I woke up again, I was in an emergency room. If I was in a hospital bed in, a, in an emergency room. So, and after that, I ended up on probation. I ended up having to do an evaluation. And I, after my evaluation, they recommended that I go into treatment right and now at the treatment place that I was supposed to be at for five weeks five weeks they opted to 20 praise god and it was like at first I was upset at first I was upset because I was like how can you take me from five weeks to 20 I have school to get to this time the third blah blah blah, blah. right because I didn't I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I had a problem. Like alcohol was not and is not my drug of choice. My thing is smoking. Nonetheless though, when I did do it, it so happened that I did it in excess and here we are in these two scenarios, one with alcohol poisoning and one with a car crash. Now one thing I'm so very grateful for is that I didn't hit anybody because there were kids playing outside. And that, that scared me. That, oh my goodness. Listen, that put a type of fear in me that I, I, I like what? Because I wouldn't have been able to fathom taking a life. Like, I, I wouldn't. And I'm so grateful that God kept me from that. Because at the end of the day. I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be able to tell you this had it gone a different way. And the way it would have ended, just like the verse says, its end is the way of death. So, the like, the longer I stayed, in treatment week one went by week three week seven week nine i began to really appreciate everything in the sense that listen i'm thankful because check this at one point in my life i started on my celibacy journey right that was just one step that I took to honor God, to honor my future husband, and to just keep my soul clean and away from all that funk, all the funk I could have gotten. You feel me? It's so uninterested. And this recovery just put things a lot more into like put things a lot more into perspective for me because 
through this journey i've changed the music i listen to i don't smoke anymore by the grace of god literally only by the grace and by the power of the lord that i stop smoking marijuana and nicotine like bruh i don't vape i don't vape anymore like do you know how, that's wild to me because i'm the type of person that was buying vape after vape after vape every time you feel me and like keep in mind i have i i struggled with asthma right i had asthma and then when i started smoking i was just like oh yeah you know um the smoking probably helped me curb my asthma no 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 Nonetheless, there were days that I would smoke and I literally couldn't breathe. And I'd have to have my inhaler right there sitting beside me. So as I'm taking a puff, after two, three puffs, I'm hitting my inhaler to clear everything. And it's like, bro, what? And then with the vaping, we all know how it, what it is with vapes and why it's so unhealthy for us. So, like, yes, by the grace of God... I not even like he helped me quit smoking marijuana. He helped me quit the vapes and he entirely stopped me from drinking. Because I'm telling you, as I'm sitting here right now, I don't even like I don't even, I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's like I'm good, right? That's how I feel about all of that. I'm good. Nonetheless, though, I'm still, you know, I still struggle every now and then with an urge or like stress to the point that I'm just like, dang, if I just hit the joint right now, I'll be fine. But I know I won't be fine because I know how I felt the times that I did relapse. I kid you not, there was one time I was eating a brownie and... And I sat in the closet and I started crying as I was eating this brownie. Talking about, God, please forgive me. Why did I do this? Because, you know, even though I wasn't doing it because I was sad or feeling away or wanting to numb something, it still wasn't right for me. And I sat there crying, eating something that was supposed to, quote unquote, make me feel good or, you know, boost my mood. mercy and yeah and with that in mind it just did a lot for me and then with the music I listened to like keep in mind that we're literally born listening to secular music worldly music like from three you probably knew a Beyonce song from the time you were three years old or something I know I knew some like bro what Mike like I'm talking the likes of Michael Jackson Janet Jackson Beyonce DJ Khaled Jay-Z J. Cole and I don't listen to J. Cole I still love the the wordings of his songs his lyricism right and you know the rest of all these artists that are coming out later and everything 
And keep in mind, in as much as people like to say that music, ooh, mercy, keep this in mind. There's this one song when I was younger that my dad and I used to listen to when we'd go on our morning jogs and everything. It's literally called Ganja Farmer. Ganja Farmer. Now, when my dad found out, when he heard that I was smoking, you know, granted I have my medical card, even though that's not an excuse, but my dad found out I was smoking and he talked to me. He said, do you remember that Yege song that you used to listen to when you were a kid? That me and you used to listen to when you were a kid. Um, that one that goes, I am a ganja farmer. Call me the ganja farmer. Anyway, yeah, with the, with the ganja. Anyways, I was like, yes. And he was like, I can't believe it because now you're here. And I was just like, bruh, it was so wild. Like, and it just... I was just like, wow. Even back then, like, like who knew? You feel me? So, and then at the point, at the point when I was dealing with my, um, dealing with an abuser, not my, dealing with an abuser, like, after I got out the relationship, granted, I despised him for everything he did. Wholeheartedly despised this man. Wanted him to be gone. Like, just disappear. Like, never ever have to set my eyes on him ever again. In this life or in the next. I don't want to ever see him. Right? Y'all. You know all these songs I'll talk about. Oh... Run them down, this that and the third, blah 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 blah. Ah, when I tell you, it amplified my, it amplified my disgust for him. It amplified it so much to a point that I was just like, bruh. Ha. If only, because mind you, there was a point in time this man held a gun to my head, and with that, with that memory right i just and and the songs i was listening to i just plus on top of how i felt at that point in time i just wished i'd wish that i could put him in such a position as that now keep in mind i wasn't scared when he did that because i was more so confused because i'm looking at him like there's no way you're holding a gun to the head of the person that's only showing you that they love you like for real for real I looked this man in the eyes. I said, you're not really holding a gun to my head right now. And then he he dropped it and started crying. And that was that. You feel me? So, at the end of the day, keep in mind, now I wholeheartedly forgive him. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. I don't care. I don't care about him. You feel me? I'm not mad at him. I don't resent him. It's well, it's all love. Because it were, if I were to see him today and he stepped to chat to me, I'd probably just say hi and smile and keep it pushing. I'm not entertaining nothing, right? And also, 
like that just goes to show i hope you guys are really listening and making the connections because yes the things you do listen to influence you the things you do watch may influence you the people you listen to and surround yourself with influence you and what they speak what they say your conversations like all of that play a part in the way we do things especially as young people we're not set in our ways you feel me we're not and because we're not set in our ways well i personally the way i grew up could have been i could have been easily influenced that's not the point though the point is god's word and god will show you the path of life and in his presence is fullness of joy the other day i said that i woke up with gospel songs flowing from my heart mind you i've only been listening to this genre for probably three months about three to five months honestly and when i tell you it's changed things for me it really has um in the times that i'd struggle with with thoughts deprecating thoughts and everything else like once i start listening to my music it blesses me i receive a blessing the ministry is so blessed and it's all by the glory of god right and the things that i do like i was the way i was raised influenced the way i am with people the things i do the stand the third i consider myself to be very helpful and very considerate nonetheless though there are factors that played in my that played into my past and caused me to become a people pleaser now when you're people pleasing you're not really you're not genuinely being selfless you understand yes selflessness is a part of it nonetheless to a good amount of it is because of trauma and lack of boundaries due to trauma like at least it was for me and guess the bible encourages selflessness even talks about forgive like bro let me bring you guys to colossians right and colossians it talks about um I thought there was a verse I had seen. Okay, it says here in Colossians two thirteen, in Colossians three thirteen. My bad. It says, "Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do he." We're instructed in the New Testament. To forgive one another just as Christ forgave and forgives us, right? And when we think about it, like I love to say this, don't think of things as you and another person. Think of think of things as like you and your relationship with Christ. It's you and him, right? The things you do, the way you act at times neglecting him neglecting his word neglecting his presence 
the things you do to yourself if you were to be in a relationship with a person that you could see touch feel and all that right you obviously know that they don't enjoy seeing you hurt yourself they don't want that for you they don't want to see you in danger they don't want to see you doing things that will bring you harm in any way shape or form now or think of you in a relationship with somebody that you can actually see and touch and all that right you wouldn't want to see them doing things that hurt them like you wouldn't want to see them literally in any way shape or form hurt the way you feel about that person think of that as how christ feels about you because it is he doesn't want to ever see you get hurt ever see you in pain see you down see you in turmoil in trouble in a ditch that you feel like you can't get out of and unlike people when we hurt him and ourselves he doesn't hold a grudge against us he's just like bruh listen i love you and i'm here because at the end of the day he is all forgiving this man laid his life on the cross he died on the cross and if that is not the greatest act of love ever to mankind i don't know what is because in the bible it says there is no love there is no love greater you know what let me just cuz i'm trying to paraphrase this and it's not his, it's not the way okay it says greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends friends brethren you know just point blank period and he did that for you so if granted the bible says anger but do not sin right meaning that god understands and he knows that we're human and we will get angry even god gets angry nonetheless though god is very slow to anger literally he is the king of patience and long suffering the alpha and omega like very very slow to anger nonetheless though we we walk around this earth being offended by things that people do and say to us whether they intend to to offend us or not you feel me and god understands this about his creation he's like all right even if you're going to get angry just don't do anything that's going to cause you to sin you get angry and you go light up a blunt because you feel it's going to calm you down you got angry and you sinned i got angry and i sinned you feel me like literally so many times i would be triggered and aggravated by things that people were doing to me and saying to me the way they were speaking to me right and i'm just like i'm not dealing with this so i excuse myself and go light up you feel me and i take a walk and breathe and for me i thought i thought it was calming me 
and all it was doing was really just numbing me so now with that in mind it just goes to say that in Christ is fullness of joy and when we follow the path laid out for us when we walk in the way of the spirit because in order to please God the things that God wills for us to do require crucifixion of our flesh require starving the flesh and when you when you actively try when you actively will and try to walk the narrow path right i'm telling you the way your flesh is going to resist is going to be resisting like like hell has come to earth the way that's what it feels like and for me it was so terrible and only by the grace like glory be to god it's been getting better it's getting better nonetheless though back then in the very beginning bruh it was it felt like suffering it felt like i was in literal suffering even though my environment was comfortable i felt as though i was in literal suffering because i said all right these things that i'd been doing that were giving me temporary relief because nothing nothing can ever compare to the peace and joy of god that we receive like there's nothing on this planet and so then in psalms 19 in psalms 19 8 it says the statutes of the lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes when we read that in the other versions in the message version, it says, The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. Because we see these things, right? And it says, okay, don't do this, do this, do this. And also we're informed that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and mind and the next one is to love one another as we would ourselves right so with that in mind it's just saying that God's way in as much as it looks like because it is easy right it's easy when you're not embedded in the way of the world it's easy when your environment is one that cultivates that literally instills cultivates and presses on your spirit the things of god right versus like versus growing up in different kinds of situations and like like dabbling in all these things um 
let's say, like for me, smoking. Like, I wasn't to not, right? But it got easier. for me and um so then we're going to go on into the next one the next verse is psalms 35 35 like 30 and then verse number five psalms 30 verse number five it says for his anger is but for a moment his favor is for life weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning I don't know about you guys, but I know that that when I I would cry and cry myself to sleep, and I wake up the next day feeling better, not because I cried myself to sleep, no, Mm-mm. but because I slept in the Lord. Like I'd wake up the next morning feeling refreshed, feeling lighter. Because at the end of that crying session, I most likely prayed and slept with gospel music for the night. And it was not because of those things, but because the love of God is so abundant that he covers us all through. Whether we know it and acknowledge it or not. Right? And I would, let me just say, I love, I love what the message version says the message version says the nights of crying because the part that i want us to focus on is weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning in nkjv version and the message version says the nights of crying your eyes out give way to days of laughter mercy the nights of crying your eyes out give ways to days of laughter because in those nights, the pain that you're pushing through seems so, so heavy, so much. And then you end up seeing that in the days to come, you can barely remember the nights you cried your eyes out. Or even if you were, you are to remember the nights you did cry and the reason for it you laugh you can literally sit and laugh at it because it was just like wow if only i knew that this is where i'd be now that night that that happened all right i probably wouldn't have cried as much (laughs) and it's just so beautiful because it says it gives way to days of laughter and the bible says that our latter days will be better than our former days so just ponder while you ponder on that though i have a couple more verses that i want us to take a look at in terms of joy so from john 16 20 through 24 right it tells us in john 16 20 it says most assuredly I say to you that you'll weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. This was when Jesus was talking to his disciples about how they see him now, but then a moment will come and they will see him no more 
for his crucifixion and you know him conquering death rising up to heaven on the third day sitting at the right hand of god he said that that they will weep and lament but the world will rejoice and they will be sorrowful but their sorrow will be turned to joy now you guys know that the the disciples still haven't seen jesus right like they're still asleep just as we're waiting on the second coming they're waiting to see jesus again is that bizarre to you because i'd been mind blown when i when it dawned on me i was like yo that's right like word that sucks because when jesus was crucified the sorrow that the disciples felt was just beyond them it was it was more than beyond because imagine seeing your friend be put to death your bestest friend not just your best friend like like oh my god our god the blessed the anointed one be put to death his mother his disciples they all saw it and then while you know the masses felt as though what they did was right they carried on with their lives now when jesus rose again and you know he showed themselves to the disciples and everything what had happened was actually i take a back it might be that they seen because he rose again and then he showed himself to them and since he did that they're probably in heaven with him and we're just you know what that i'm going to leave a question mark on that because god only god knows what it is for real only god truly really knows because i i don't so then and he said but your sorrow will be turned into joy that was the part that had me thinking okay maybe they still haven't seen him because you know when we die we're just put to a deep sleep awaiting the second coming of christ so that's why i thought maybe it was the same for them nonetheless though like after he rose he showed themselves and then he went to go sit at the right hand of god right the disciples continued on in his ministry continued spreading the gospel and everything while they did so with joy and gladness Right, I still believe that at points they were saddened because he wasn't physically sitting there with them. Nonetheless, though, he had imparted upon them the Holy Spirit, which he did inform them would come and will come and has come. And then in John 20, in John 16, 21, it says, a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Now, for my ladies, I don't know. My mom, when she was telling me about child, um, 
She likened the pain of childbirth to all her bones being crushed. And then she said that each time she received her child, it was as if none of that even happened. (laughs) And like, it was just bliss, right? Granted, I don't know what it's like to have a child. Nonetheless, though, glory be to God. I will someday. But until that day comes, until that day comes, we're just going to stick with the verse, right? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to stick with the verse and what we've already been told and everything else. That's that's cool. That's cool. And um, from twenty two through twenty four, it says, "Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing." Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's what 24 says. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. A translation for John sixteen twenty four is ask, continue to ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, God's answers are yes and amen. And he isn't slow to keep his promises or to bless us, right? So when we ask for the things we want, God gives us according to his riches and glory. By his spirit, he grants our requests and we're blessed and fruitful and because he wants our joy to be full he gives us the things that we ask for not everything we ask that we receive because god knows our needs and our wants accordingly and he gives them to us according to our needs so you see how like he's the ultimate provider like everything you want and need is in him And with that in mind, because in as much as everything, all the goodness and everything we receive up in heaven, there is a reason that it says, like, let your will be done on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we have the right and authority to experience heaven on earth while we are still here in the midst of everything because God is that good he is so very good that he wishes for us to have a taste of what it's like when we go into eternal life with him because I promise you nobody was destined for a life of suffering and pain and hopelessness those are tools of the devil trying to keep us from God or think he's keeping us from God, right? Because it's all about, the devil is all about illusions, making things seem as though they're worse or making things, situations seem as though there's no hope in the end. But by God, the conqueror of all, the king of kings, 
we abound in victory. Glory be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that as I close out the segment, Lord, I ask that you reveal unto us the way in which we should walk that pleases you, Lord God Almighty, and that you reveal to us how in you there is fullness of joy, Lord, and that you show unto us and endow us with your joy, Lord Almighty, because the joy you give, none can take away. And therefore, God, help us see in our daily lives how you are our joy and how you are the source of our joy, not the things we do, not the people we surround ourselves with, not the places we go, not the jobs we work, not the gifts we receive, Lord, but you are the gift and you are the joy. In Jesus' mighty name, keep us safe and protected until our next segment and even there more until your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen.